0: an unsuccessful murder attempt, a near-death experience, why God allows bad things to happen, and more on this week's Spirit Answers Podcast. So uh, you've been declared dead three times on the operating table and you've had a near death experience. Um, But before we get to that, can you kind of give us a a, a glimpse as to what was going on that led up to the experience?
1: Yeah. um, Well, when I was a teenager, um, I started dating this guy that was um, that was very abusive um, he didn't start being physically abusive until after I got pregnant. I got pregnant when I was 16 years old. Um, and I got kicked out by my mother cause she wanted me to have an abortion. Um, so I kind of was stuck in this relationship. I didn't really have a good support system. And, um, when my daughter was about five and a half, six months old, I, I, I left her father, this thing started getting, I, I started to fear for my life. Um, and I started living with, um, my mom's ex-husband, which is, he's like a father figure to me. Um, and the, uh, her father was going to come pick her up that day that, uh, he attacked me. Um, so he showed up around like 10:30 in the morning to come and pick up our daughter. And um, we started arguing after I got uh, after we got our daughter in the car with him. Uh, and I stormed off and I went inside the house and he followed me into the house and I tried to push the door shut and he he pushed it open and I sat down in the chair in the living room and I, I said, you know, I'm done. I, I don't want to talk anymore. It's over between us. And I look up and he's ru- he's running back from the kitchen with a six inch uh boning knife. And wow. yeah. And I look I and and I I look up and I didn't really have any time to react. He just was plunging it towards my chest, like right here. Jeez. Um and it's actually weird because after he stabbed me right after he stabbed me, I said, sorry to him because I think I was trying to say it before he stabbed me to get him to stop. Mm. Um, so he stabbed me in the chest. And of course, instantly I just, I'm horrified. Like, Oh my God, is this even real? Is this even happening? This can't be happening right now. You know? Yeah. Um, so I stood up out of the chair and he stabbed me a second time in my back, in the middle of my back. And he dropped the knife and he ran out of the house and he got in the car with our eight month or six month old daughter and drove off. So I'm Yeah.
0: (laughs) Had there been anything up until that point that gave you any inclination that something like this could happen?
1: Um, there definitely was a lot of abuse. He had threatened me with knives before Mm. with razor blades before. Um, that I would he would kill me if if I left him and I I guess there definitely was a lot of warning sides but I think like just in my head it's hard to even believe anybody's capable of actually doing something like that yeah like I just I guess I just didn't think he would he would take it that far
0: yeah no kidding no kidding it's one thing to say those things but to actually go through with, with stabbing someone I like you said I can't even imagine like how, how you could possibly do something like that. And yeah, I'm sure well,
1: I'm, I know he was partying at a cousin's house the night before. And, and, you know, I, apparently he was high on cocaine at the time mm. coming down either, either or, but
0: so that that may have contributed, contributed to it, but still what, how, how crazy I, I just can't imagine. And I'm sure that the, besides the, the physical pain that you were going through, I'm sure that the emotional shock was, was incredibly overwhelming.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't feel physical pain when he wow. stabbed me. I was just—it was all shock. Wow. I guess it was more of a very uncomfortable violating feeling. Huh. But there wasn't any physical pain until until I woke up from my surgery. Wow. Yeah, shock. Yeah. Shock it can be amazing like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Maybe partly just the. Like a defense mechanism kicking in at that point.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I was just so, I think the emotional, the emotional thing, part of it was just so strong that I couldn't feel any pain because that's all I could feel was just, um, horror. Yeah. Like helplessness.
0: And, uh, at this point you were alone and what happened next?
1: Um, well, he dropped the knife. Yeah. And he, he ran out and drove off with our daughter. And I, my stepbrother who was, um, either 13 or 14 at the time, he was sleeping in his room and he had the door locked. Uh, and I, first thing I did was try to get his attention. So I, I knocked on his, I was pounding on his door, begging for him to come to the door, but I, I didn't have time to really wait. So I just kept going. I went into my dad's room and I put blankets over my chest mm-hmm. and I grabbed the house phone and I called 911 and I started to tell them what happened. And then I looked out the window and I saw the neighbor across the road was home. So I dropped the phone and the, I guess the, the phone was found in the driveway after. So I must have dropped it in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And I, I made it halfway across my neighbor's yard and my stepbrother came out and he yelled, Kristen. And I instantly just dropped, like my body just dropped. Wow, because I think I just needed to find somebody and let them know what was going on.
0: So as soon as you made it to that point, it was like, okay, that's all the energy I have. And you just kind of gave out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just laying on the ground and my stepbrother, my, my, my stepdad was working down the road at the sawmill and he went and got him and my uncle and a bunch of other people uh, in my family were there. And my name, my neighbor, she ended up coming out and, and she called the police again gave them more information and they were pretty fast getting there
0: when when you're going through all this at this point is it still mostly just the shock that's overwhelming your mind is there is there any kind of like clear sense of direction in your mind in terms of what's going on like how's your mind operating now
1: I was still very terrified like I was just so scared like I and it was it was as if like I didn't think I was going to die. Like I knew I was going to die. Wow. I felt like I didn't have any hope that I was going to survive. Wow! Cause the knife actually came one centimeter from my heart that's, and it that's went that's all the way crazy. through my liver and it punctured my lung. Jeez.
0: So this, this in and of itself that you're here, you know, speaking is, is a, is a miracle. I mean, an absolute miracle that you're alive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even the doctors at the hospital said like they didn't think I was gonna make it. They told my family that it was like like a fifty fifty that I was gonna come out of it.
0: Wow. So, the, you know, you're you're lying there, and um, the next thing that happens, as as you shared in your in your testimony video, is kind of where it starts to get a little bit into the spiritual. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a point where I just I could barely breathe and, and I was just, I stood, I just kind of like, all of a sudden I just felt very relaxed. Like Mm -hmm. I was looking up at the blue sky and I just felt kind of like I was, I was like leaving my body. I was leaving my pain and my, and my fear and, and everything.
0: When you were leaving your body, did you feel like you had any control over that or was it just kind of happening naturally?
1: It was happening naturally. Um, until until everybody was yelling you know stay with us stay with us and and they were all shouting at me um and then the police officer was actually standing over me and asking me who did this to me and i was able to give them his name his phone number um and and then he mentioned my daughter and then i just i kind of really started to fight at that point i started to fight like that peaceful feeling like, I just wanted to close my eyes and I wanted to go to sleep.
0: So this is all kind of happening at once then. So you're, so you're leaving, you're kind of like leaving your body, but at the same time, like you're feeling, uh, like pain and shock. And you're also having this, this kind of peaceful, blissful feeling because you're dying.
1: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it was like, uh, like, um, like both sides were like pulling me, you know?
0: Yeah. That's incredible. And at the end, you also somehow mustered the energy then to to uh, speak and and provide information.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't even know how. <laughs> but yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. Oh, what, what
1: I think I was really concerned for my daughter.
0: Yeah. So that kind of that kind of uh because it sounds like you were you were ready to give into that peace and that bliss. But there was there was a person here that you, you knew it was worth coming back for. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't really feel like it was my time, you know? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I, yeah, didn't, yeah I didn't want to leave my daughter alone.
0: So you, so at this, at this point then is, is this when you blackout or what happened next?
1: No, it took a, it took a while till then. So uh-huh. I actually was praying and I was an atheist at the time. At least I thought I was an atheist. I think I was very angry with God because of my um, my abusive childhood that I had had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of, yeah, for a while. I mean, before this happened, I would even be cursing God. I would tell God, I would tell God, to. I would tell him to strike me down. Wow. I had a lot of uh, depression, suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was, I would, I was very angry with God. But when this happened, I just remember saying, don't let me die. Don't let me die. Don't let me die. And I know I wasn't talking to myself, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. saying that, but, but, um, yeah, I start, I, I, I really just, I wanted this to just be over. It was so horrifying. And, um, so yeah, I started fighting that feeling because I felt like I had pretty much almost left my body completely, Mm -hmm. um, but everybody was yelling at me to like to keep fighting and they cut my clothes off and they they put an oxygen thing over over me, over my face. Mm-hmm. And they put they put me on a stretcher and they put me into the ambulance and they drove me to the highway, which they had blocked off for a helicopter. And I remember hearing the helicopter. And that was the last thing I and the guy in the ambulance told me, he's like, when you wake up, this will all be over. And then that, and that was when I went into darkness for a while.
0: Whoa. So you go in, you go into darkness and do you have any concept of time between kind of when you go into darkness and blackout and and when uh, you have the, the next experience?
1: No, I, I remember, I remember waking up and feeling like, it was like it's like when you wake up and you had a bunch of crazy dreams but you can't exactly remember what the dreams were. Yeah. And I was having all sorts of crazy dreams going on, but at one point I was just in in whiteness. Wow. And I remember having I had a conversation with somebody and it's weird because I don't remember the conversation, I don't remember anything said, but I just remember having a conversation.
0: Um, uh, real quick, before, in, in, as we get into that here in just a second, I was going to ask you as well, did, did you have any concept as to like when you were looking down at, at yourself when you were coming out of your body, did you have any concept of how you how you looked at that time? Could you see anything uh, of your, of your spiritual self?
1: No, I didn't. I, I, I think even when I was in my body, I did not look down. Like I didn't want to see The wounds.
0: Mm. Mm. So you were you you were just looking up at the sky.
1: Yeah, I I was the whole time. I just felt, and I felt like I was just getting closer and closer to the to the sun, to the light. Wow! It was just getting really, really bright. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, and then so you you that happens. You come back into your body as as you start to think about your daughter, and you have this thing uh, this conversation with was it a paramedic? Yeah, Going to a little bit of blackness for a little bit. And then you you said you came into some, some white light during this experience. Was Mm -hmm. there, do you remember, was there also any other like uh, feeling that came with that or was it mostly just, you could just this white light that enveloped your, your vision?
1: It was, yeah, it was just this bright blinding white light. And I, I don't really remember feeling anything at all. Just besides, like, I guess just peace.
0: Mm. So peace, it wasn't, a, it, it it was not a, a painful experience.
1: No, I didn't feel pain until I started coming back. I did have, I, I did have very excruciating pain at one point, And I actually thought that I was in hell. I had the very hellish experience when I came back.
0: Mm. When, when you uh, were enveloped in this white light and you said you had this conversation um you said you you have not you you can't really remember what the conversation was about but uh you've mentioned in your video that th- this conversation seemed to have some kind of uh impact on on your soul is that is that right am I hearing you correctly there
1: yeah yeah it's kind of as if the memory of the conversation is in my spirit
0: wow yeah, that's really that's really fascinating, and and it makes me think too, because I've I've spoken to a few people now that have had uh, some near death experiences, and I've and I, just in my own research, um, a lot of times it seems like these uh, conversations that people have in this state, people can't remember them right away, and and it seems to be by design. And sometimes some of the people that I've that I've talked to or I've researched, it seems like throughout the years, like as certain things happen in their in their life, then there's there certain pieces of that conversation, then that then starts to come back to the individual. And so I'm wondering if maybe that was by design, uh, on, 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 uh, God's part in this particular instance, in terms of what you were able to remember and at this point, and maybe, uh, you know, how, how much of that is, is, uh, is continued to be veiled until maybe the right time. But it sounds like even if you don't remember the content, what you had, what, what you experienced was, was enough to to change your outlook on, on, it seems like your whole worldview.
1: Yeah. And actually, so I don't even really remember some of that until years later, like this, it, it's, it's, it's weird because, you know, it actually still took me another five years to become a Christian after this near death experience that I had, but I wasn't an atheist anymore. I knew there was a God at that point. But I, I didn't really put much thought into God for even five years after that happened. I feel like I was kind of in shock for a long time.
0: Yeah, understandably. So, uh, you, you then, so you said that, uh, you have this, this conversation, there's no concept of time. You said after, after that is when you start to feel pain. Can you kind of take us through what happened next?
1: Yeah, I I felt this really really terrible pain in in like in my side, and it's it's actually funny because when I woke up, I had a chest tube in, so it could have very well been when they were putting my chest tube in, but I just yeah. remember I felt very intense, like some of the most intense pain I've ever felt in my life, and I couldn't open my eyes, I couldn't scream, I couldn't move. All I could do was just lay there and feel pain. Mm. And it, and it was some of the, and you know, I've, I've had two natural births and this was, this was some of the worst pain that I have ever been in.
0: Wow. And and then, uh, you had mentioned also in your video, it sounds like people, I don't know how how soon you found out about this, but it sounds like people were, were praying for you during this. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I actually, I have a grandmother that is very um, religious and she, and she told me her side of this. She said she was, she had pulled over on her way to the hospital and she had, and she had been praying very intensely for me. And according to her, she said that the doctors at one point were going to just give up on bringing me back. Like it didn't seem like I was going to come back
0: yeah yeah because you said you said you were uh, declared dead three times on the operating table. yeah, Jeez. and your so your grandmother was praying for you, and I want to highlight that as well because there's a lot of people that I've also talked to on on this show that um have come out of like other spiritualities and uh, you know have to, have developed a relationship with Jesus. And I just really want to highlight the 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 power, the power of prayer because i i don't think it's it's by coincidence that you know that she was praying for you and that she pulled over like that there's a lot of people that are uh you know stuck in like the new age for example for several years and every, there's i can't tell you how many times people have told me that, that when they fe- when they got out of the the new age people found they they found out that they had family members or friends praying for them almost like every day that throughout that whole time that they were that they were uh you know being deceived and so I really, I really think that that is a, is a component here that you had people that your your grandma specifically that cared enough about you to reach out to God in that moment to pull over and, and, and really ask for his help. And uh, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, he heard that prayer and that made a, an impact on on your being here.
1: Oh, definitely. I've experienced some, uh, the power of prayer and it's, it's intense.
0: <laughs> yeah. You, so you, so you come back and you're having this difficult experience in terms of the pain. Uh, so is that kind of like what, what happens then in terms of the the story then with your, with your partner and like, how, how do you pick up your life in, in, in pieces that it's in at that point and, and kind of get back to a normal routine?
1: Yeah, it, it, it was like, I wanted to just go back to a regular routine. And I think for a while I didn't deal with some of the trauma from it. So when I woke up in the hospital, I looked down at myself and I had 29 huge staples all the way down my chest. Like I was stapled back together. I had a chest tube in, I had oxygen over my face. I guess I was on a breathing machine for like a, like a day, like, a day and a half or something, and I guess my family members would come in and talk to me while I was under, because the doctor said that I might be able to hear them. I don't remember <laughs> hearing them, but um, yeah, at that point they didn't know if I was gonna live.
0: But I but so you, obviously you ended you're you're still alive. You're here with us today, and um, I know you had mentioned in your 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 video that um, you're no you're no longer with this partner. Um, yeah.
1: He went, he went to jail after this. He, um he got 10 years in jail and wow. he actually got released in 2017 and he just went back last year for more domestic abuse.
0: That's awful. I mean, uh, I, I can't, I, I just can't uh, fathom how someone could do this to somebody once, let alone twice. And um, just that he, and was, to- he had that opportunity to do it.
1: The crazy thing is right before he went back to jail, I had to go to court because he was trying to fight for visitation of our daughter. And I actually had to go to these court hearings. Wow. And I thought that was very unfair, you know. Yeah. Hey, I should never have to see this person again.
0: No kidding. No kidding. So um, you also I know that you know this the impact of this experience as we're going to kind of get uh, unpack a little bit more here has really changed your your spiritual your spiritual outlook you had mentioned before that it didn't quite uh help you to understand uh Christianity right away it took you a few times to develop that relationship with Jesus how how then did you go from this experience and in those 5 years to cultivating that relationship what was that what was that journey like
1: um well, I for, for a couple of years, I just um, I numbed out a lot. I smoked a lot of a lot of weed um, more than just for medicinal purposes. for a while, I used it medicinally because it helped me not to have nightmares because for a long time I had nightmares of being uh, stabbed repeatedly or him standing over my bed. I had terrible night terrors for a while. very jumpy, very hypervigilant. Uh, not really being able to eat much um, so in let's see 2010 i got into um, i got into a relationship with with an emotionally abusive guy and i moved in with him and he actually grew up as a jehovah's witness and the witnesses sometimes would come to his house so they met me and they gave me a bible and they started to do bible studies with me
0: and so and that was I, oh go ahead
1: I didn't really, and at the time I didn't so much have an interest, but I was, I was just kind of polite and I don't like to say no to people, you know, and so I was just like, oh yeah, and they seem really nice. So, but I actually really, when I read about, when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, that's when I really got into, into Christianity Because even as a child, I had an interest in Christianity because my my grandmother was a Christian and she gave me a children's Bible when I was a kid. And I was very interested in the Bible for a while. And that kind of re-sparked. But of course, as a kid, I didn't really know anything about the Bible. And I just started in Genesis and started reading forward. And I got kind of lost with all the genealogies and, you know, being (laughs) a child, like what?
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think many many people can relate to that. There's a lot of genealogies, a lot of a lot of laws and regulations that are really hard to hard to read, uh, especially even for adults. Let alone I could just you know imagine as as a child. Uh, when when it when you're also when you're looking at uh, this experience, I know that there are people that out there that think that there's no way that this could have happened. It must have been just you know neurological. You know those type those types of uh, comments and and skeptics out there. I. When I look at your story, I really think that uh, again that this that this experience that you had played a role in in the change in your in your spiritual life and in your and who you, in who you are and, and really a heart change. I wonder, is that like how how do you respond then to, to people that say that? Do you, do you bring up some of the things that I think about in terms of the uh, changes that have happened to to your soul and and who you are and uh, what what might you say to somebody who says that this has to all be. Uh, neurological
1: um well I I say to me like the the results kind of speak for themselves you know like I know that since I became um a Christian and since God reached out to me my life has changed for the better like who I am has changed um I have hope uh I have more I have more empathy than I than I ever had I I was always a very sensitive child but I grew kind of cold in my teen years. And I noticed that after this happened, I feel like sometimes just being in the same room as somebody who's feeling a certain way. Like I, I can start to feel what they're feeling very intensely. Mm. If I'm around somebody crying, I'll start crying too. So if I hear somebody laughing, it makes me laugh. I I can kind of almost just feel people's emotions
0: Wow. And do you think that that is partly just due to, you, to cultivating a relationship with God, or do you think it's partly due to the uh, near-death experience or combination?
1: I think it's a combination. Oh. Um, but definitely after I came to Jesus, it, it became more strong. Like As I started praying more, uh, I started uh, practicing forgiveness more. I think all of these things, like unforgiveness and pride and and all of these things, it keeps us from, um, our spiritual, spiritual relationship. It's like a hindrance.
0: W- were these, uh, revelations to you? Did they all like you, cause again, you said it took you five years to go from this experience to becoming a Christian. How, how did these, uh, revelations come to you in that period? Was it just, a uh, the, as you were reading the Bible, this happened, um, so, just really like, what was that process like in terms of how you finally decided that Christianity and Jesus was the way to go?
1: Yeah, I, when I when I started reading the Bible, I, I definitely when I would read things, it would just like resonate with me so strong. You know, I, I would just be like, wow! Like, I just I just felt it to be the truth. Hmm. Like there was some, it, something It all made a lot of sense. There's certain. Sometimes there'll be certain scriptures in the Bible that'll just grab you and be like, "Wow, this was written just for me."
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to that.
1: You directly.
0: You've you've also said before that um, God allows difficult things to happen to us so that we can find Him. Can you can you kind of explain what that means to you?
1: Um. Yeah, I. I felt like at the time I truly needed to be humbled. Um, When I was, when I left that abusive relationship before he, I actually had broken up with him before he stabbed me. And I had, I had immediately gotten to another relationship and I was sleeping with somebody else and it caused him to get very jealous. And that was how this actually came about. But I just, I just wanted to do everything by my, like I wanted to live for my own pleasures, you know, after I left that abusive relationship, I felt very free and I felt like I can do whatever I want and, and I don't need anybody. And I had that very prideful, had that very prideful outlook on life that I didn't need anybody and I can do everything in my own power.
0: And I, and I appreciate that, too, because it really reminds me also of one of your other videos, which I really like, which is where you're talking about how God turns uh, disadvantages into advantages. Uh, can, can you kind of also explain like how how does that particular statement resonate with you and some of your uh, some of the um, your experiences that you maybe haven't even talked about in terms of. Uh, maybe like some of the other relationships that you've been in. How has God been able to use those difficulties to to your advantage and ultimately His His glorification?
1: Well, when I had to when I had to leave that that emotionally abusive relationship, I didn't have money. I didn't have a car. i I was staying in a tiny bedroom at my stepfather's house. I had nothing, and and I had to rely. I didn't have my own savings to rely on. I didn't have my own car to rely on. I had, I had to rely on God. I had to pray more than ever because I was in such a low place that I, I didn't have any, everything under control. And, and it really, it humbled me like, wow, I need God. And not only do I need God, but I, you know, I need, I had to ask my my friends for rides to work. I had to ask family to let me stay with them. And, And I never liked asking people for help because I never really wanted to be a burden on anybody. And I think God also not only taught me how to be like humble but also to um to value myself enough to ask for help when I need it.
0: Yeah, I love that because it shows that it's it, it we we can't do it all on our own. Um there's got to be there's there's so much peace I think that that comes with understanding that we have the creator of the spiritual and the physical on our side and he's willing to help us if we're willing to, to go to him and ask him for that help. And it's not just like a crutch. Like I think about like when I used to, before I was a Christian, like I used to think about like, I guess anybody that believed in God is someone's like, Oh, you know, they're just doing this to make themselves feel better. But when you really know like that, there is a creator that, you know, that is there to help you and, and and can, you can lean on, especially when you don't understand things and you don't have to understand things because you know that your uh, creator is, is on your side. uh, it, It really it creates a peace I think that no no pleasure can can provide. There's no there's nothing in this world that 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 can equate to that peace that you feel in that relationship.
1: Yeah, true, and it's it's so nice just to not worry. You know, you just don't worry as much. Yeah, you just take things more day by day.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, one other thing that I really uh, appreciate about your story is that you were able to to fight through uh, some of the really challenging, uh, things that you went through as a child and especially, uh, th- those challenges, I think kind of, um, played, played a role maybe in you're developing some of these difficult and sounds like at times very abusive relationships. And I just really, really, uh, admire your resilience and, and, and overcoming those, those challenges. I wonder, um, if you, if somebody is listening right now, who, who may find themselves in a similar situation as you in terms of an abusive relationship? Wh- what would you tell them to to you know kind of fight through the quote positives of the relationship, so to speak, and and uh, do what is ultimately best for themselves? And I think also what what God would want for them to do, which is to seek help and and get out of the relationship for their for their own well being. How how would you what would you say to someone like that?
1: I I guess um, to just deny yourself what you want, you know, like even though you really want to stay with them, uh, you just you have to deny yourself and fight that. It's almost like I always explain it like in abusive relationships and a lot a lot like a drug addiction in a way like, you know, it's not good for you, but you can't stop. You know what I mean? Um, and I just it's almost like withdrawing. And detox, you have to detox from that toxic person. And I found that once I was gone for just even a couple of nights, I didn't want to go back. Like, I guess my, my advice would be for somebody to just stay with a family member for, for even just a week and see how much better they feel afterwards. And I think it's, it's a real eye opener. And when you're not constantly around them, they can't influence you as much. You have the outside perspective
0: yeah I really like that analogy of, of the the drug addiction. I think that's very well well said. If, if you were to take away the biggest change for you and who you are as a person and your outlook on life since you've had this experience and uh, not since not only since you've had the experience but also since you've developed this relationship with God, what would you say your your biggest change in, in, in who you are and your outlook on life is?
1: I would say that I'm just a a lot less of a depressed person. I used to, I almost used to be addicted to my own depression, if that makes sense. I would just listen to sad music and and sometimes just feel sorry for myself. And and I got kind of addicted to that for a while. And once I found God, I just, I like the scriptures where it talks about, you know, to like, to to show your joy and, and make it known that it's because of God that you that you're full of this joy. Um and I it's it's like it's it's weird how it's like you can all you can you can make yourself be happy just by your perspective on things. You can choose to be happy or choose to be sad. I mean of course there's some things bad things that can happen in life that are gonna make you sad no matter what, but just day to day you can wake up and you can decide Am I going to be a miserable grump today? Because you know I definitely have days like that. Or am I going to be just grateful and happy for everything that I have?
0: Yeah, I, I like that it, because it makes me think about too how the Bible talks about how uh, the how we need to take our thoughts captive. And it really does. It really a lot of it isn't is in our control. And if you're able to take our your thoughts captive and compare it to the truth. Uh, you know as as is found in in the word of god and also just again kind of like we were talking about before just remember that as long as we continue to pursue like what's good and true that god will ultimately work out our situations for our good um i think that it's very it's very hard to stay depressed if you if you're able to to do those things on a pretty consistent basis and i do and i also appreciate what you said as well before i think it's very easy to become addicted to to maybe like uh, depression and i even think about like drama sometimes Like I think about like sometimes, especially like before I, I became a Christian, I think about how I felt weird when something wasn't going wrong in my life. Like I almost like feel like I was looking for the, for the wrong things. And that just felt normal to me. And I think that's a part of it too, is that you can become comfortable, become comfortable with things that aren't good for you and, and thought patterns that aren't, that aren't good for you. And it's painful to break away from those things sometimes, but, um, like like many things in life, I think that something that like this, which can be very uncomfortable at first to to change, I think eventually will lead to uh, a lot of good and and uh, not just for ourselves, but for the people I think in our in our lives. If if we can push past some of that pain,
1: yeah, it's very easy to get stuck in that victim mentality.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And unfortunately, I just think that that's something that I think a lot of society right now is continues to push, and uh, I think that it's. It's okay to to acknowledge, you know. We we obviously, like you said, we have emotions, but um, I think that it can become detrimental to us if we allow those emotions sometimes to to uh, really take a, take a hold of our whole life.
1: Yeah, and I I I I, obvi- um, I also feel like we live in we live in you know the first world where we're very comfortable a lot of the time, so it's easy to become ungrateful with what we have.
0: Yeah, you're, you're, you're 100% right. Um, I think that we, unfortunately, we take a lot of this, a lot of what we have for granted. And if you were to uh, leave our viewers uh, with, and our listeners with one final message, what do you think that that would be?
1: Um, God is real. <laughs> God is real. And when you accept Jesus, and your heart and you decide you want to do God's will instead of your will, your life becomes a lot better, I guess. Um, You become happier uh, and you make better choices too. I feel like because, you know, when you think of God, like a father that you respect, uh, you don't, you don't want to do anything to disappoint him, you know? And I feel like if I would have had, that Christian outlook earlier in life, I, I wouldn't have been in these situations that I was in.
0: Yeah, very well said. And I think that sometimes we, it's really the, the answers that are maybe a little bit more simple like that, that are, are what we, what we really need. It's, it really just comes down to, uh, there's there's a peace that is offered to us if we if we choose to accept it in this relationship, and I think sometimes we can really overthink things and think that we need to do all these different things in our life in order to find that peace and 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 that truth and uh, you know it's really I, I I've joked around with other people that that the peace was always there like when I would go into hotel rooms like a lot of times there's a Bible in a hotel room and, I, and it was it, it, the Bible was always right there I just never I never I just never took the time to stop and, and pick it up and so I, I I really appreciate what you had to say right there because. Um, I think it's, it's, it's beautifully and simply put. So, um, you, I, I want to give people an opportunity to see the original, um, testimony video. And also you have a few other videos at your YouTube channel. And if you just type in on YouTube, Kristen Flowerchild," you'll, you'll be able to find, uh, Christian, Kristen's original NDE video that we referenced today. And, uh, as I, as I understand, you're starting to put out a few more videos. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to start me. Ma- I want to keep making more. I'm actually getting married in 10 days.
0: Oh, well, congratulations. And
1: thank you. I am going to do a video about that too, because that's a very interesting story. How that relationship came about So,
0: oh, well, I'm excited to hear that. That's, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I've, uh, I've been able to, to change some lives, you know, through my belief in God, I've being able to turn a couple of people uh into believers
0: that's that's in- absolutely incredible and i and i have no doubt that um as people continue to watch your video that it, it will you'll continue to see the, the fruits of that it's it's a very it's a very powerful the nd the nde video is very powerful and the other videos that you have on there are, are incredibly powerful as well but i think that's it, your channel kind of reminds me of what we're doing here which is i i, I try to um have the supernatural these miracles kind of point us to like the truth as is as is found in the word of god and i think that your 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 channel does a great job of that
1: thank you i, I yeah. actually it's funny because i don't even really prepare for these videos sometimes i'm like oh, i just feel like i gotta make a video and i pray that i'll say the right thing and then i just like i just wing it you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the first try i just i just put it out there
0: yeah Again, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things, and I think that if we rely on God, it can be a lot more simple than than maybe if we were just relying on ourselves or 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 on our own mind, just just kind of listening to that that little nudging that He gives us. I think that that can be really powerful.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Just a just honesty and in speaking from the heart, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well kristen, i I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us and 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 for sharing your your incredible story with us and, and your insights and uh, I'm just again so thankful for you and everything that you've been able to overcome, and I'm really excited to see where you continue to go on your in your YouTube channel and in life and um just just cannot thank you enough for for your time today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah. the opportunity,
0: of course. Thank you so much for joining us this week, everybody. Um, I need your story in order to keep this thing going. Please submit your uh, New Age of Christianity testimony, your near-death experience, your supernatural encounter, maybe with uh, an angel or demon or uh, some other miraculous event that either strengthened your faith or or led you to it. Please submit your story to spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and additionally, just want to remind you that we have an audio only version, uh, available as well. For those of you that maybe don't want to be recorded on video for the podcast, we can work with that. Um, additionally, we would love to have you at our Facebook group. Uh, maybe you don't want to be on the podcast. Maybe you just would like to share your story, uh, text only in the group. You can do that as well over at Facebook. Just type in Spirit Answers and we will pop up there. Additionally, you can interact with our guests there, the ones that agree. Uh, every, Every week we have our guests there answering any questions that you might have that I didn't ask on that week's episode. In the group, we also provide a sneak peek for next week's episode. I also would love to have you guys, if if, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a, a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And that really helps us uh, really get the word out uh, about the podcast, maybe to people that haven't heard about the podcast yet. Uh, so if you haven't done that, please feel free to do that. Um, I also just wanted to highlight uh, one thing that Kristen mentioned, which is the idea of God turning your disadvantages into advantages. And I would just really ask you this week to really be uh, aware of maybe something that hasn't gone, maybe the way that you were hoping that it that it uh, could have gone, and really just be open to how that circumstance or those circumstances, might be able to uh, bear more fruit down the road for yourself and for other people and for God ultimately. Uh, and it may, in a way, that might not be so easy to, to decipher right now. I think it's very easy, or it's a lot easier oftentimes when things happen. We can kind of look back and kind of connect the dots and understand why things happened the way they did uh, when we're more removed from the situation. But it can be very, very challenging when you're going through the situation. Um, so I would just ask you, to really think about that this week, maybe there's something else going on this week that you can uh, maybe just uh, kind of adjust the way that you're thinking about it. Um, and, and, And by doing that, hopefully open yourself up to more peace. I also would love to um, just ask anybody if there is someone who you think might benefit from this podcast, Um, you think that this person is on a search for truth, is on a spiritual quest, is just looking for answers, Uh, if you could please share this with them. I I think that would would be really helpful for them and, and, and for us, again, just to continue to get the word out. And uh, maybe that person is you. Maybe this is the first time that you've really thought about some of these things, these spiritual questions, and 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 this idea of truth. And if that is you, I would just like to ask you to do something simple. I would like to ask you to ask God to reveal Himself to you uh, by prayer, and uh, just. You know, don't don't give up. I would ask that you, you do this for, you know, a, a period of time and really just be open to see how, uh, what the results are. I, I really think that you'll be surprised um, with what happens. I think that he will reveal himself to you and uh, I just ask that you would do this because he loves you and uh, I know he wants nothing more than to have you and to have him uh, in your life. Um, So that's it for this week, everybody. Really, really appreciate you tuning in. We will see you all next week on Spirit Answers Podcast. Have a great week. Bye.